e-commerce is cool and the numbers behind it are super cool and it comes down to three realistic numbers and anybody listening to this that has an e-commerce store you can like do this with your numbers for the last 30 days and you'll be like wow he was right that's crazy growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing this approach needs alignment among people processes and technologies so if you're a business owner operations or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors you're tuned into the right podcast welcome to the wbs podcast where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority now here is your host sam gupta Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. When I was putting together a list of growth topics for this month that could be valuable for our audience, especially with the changing in business environment due to COVID, direct-to-consumer, also known as D2C, strategies was on the top of our list. We wanted to cover D2C from different perspectives including operations, finance, and marketing. In today's episode, we have our guest, Chase Clymer, who brings a unique perspective for manufacturers and e-commerce merchants from his experience of helping customers getting their e-commerce businesses to grow from the ground up. He also shares his in-field experiences of what makes an e-commerce toolset or architecture, especially Shopify, successful. Chase Clymer is the co-founder at Electric Eye, where he and his team create Shopify-powered sales machines from strategic design, development, and marketing decisions. He's also the host of Honest E-Commerce, a weekly podcast where they provide online store owners with honest, actionable advice to increase their sales and grow their business. Let's get to the conversation. Hey, Chase. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Would you like to tell us a little bit about what you do and who you help? These days? Yes. My real big boy job these days is I run an e-commerce agency uh, called Electric Eye. We help brands grow through strategic design, development, and marketing initiatives. What that really means is like we build beautiful websites and, and help them sell awesome things online. We're Shopify partners, and uh, it's it's been a wild ride. And along with that, I'm also, uh, I'm also a podcast host myself. So you can catch me over on the Honest E-commerce podcast as well if you, uh, if you enjoy listening to the sound of my voice, which... Personally, I don't, but some people like what I have to say. I have actually caught up on some of your episodes. They're really good. So I would highly recommend Chase's podcast. It's amazing. So Chase, I'm actually going to touch on uh, the topics you just mentioned about strategic marketing. So let's say if um, I have a manufacturer who has never done e-commerce before and they have no idea how to start on e-commerce, what would be your recommendation for them. Oh yeah. So this is a pretty softball question. If you're if you have a product and you have like wholesale accounts and whatnot and people are buying it off of you, so you know that there's like a fit out there in the ecosystem for your product, you should definitely reach out to someone that knows what they're doing, like an agency or a freelancer or anyone else, because it's gonna get you selling so much faster than what I usually see happen is people fail through it for six months to a year and get frustrated. And it doesn't really work. Like if there's a proven market for your product because other people are buying it and reselling it, like you're gonna you're entering it entering a market that you already know that it'll work. But one of the bigger things with kind of launching a, a business, so I'll give you some like very straightforward 
like specific advice is just start on Shopify. You can get away with using an off-the-shelf theme. You don't need uh, like a custom sixty, hundred thousand dollar website. You don't need oversold on any of that stuff. If you're just getting started and you've got a product and you're a manufacturer or distributor or wholesaler and you're like looking to go D 2 C, just get an off-the-shelf theme. And you just got to get that MVP out there because there's so much goofy logistical stuff on the back end you got to figure out, like how you're going to deal with returns and, and who's going to fulfill it. You know, discount codes, like email automation, subscriptions, if that's the space you're playing in. There's the, all that stuff you got to figure out. So, like, don't spend any time worrying about the look and feel of the website. There are amazing premium themes out there in the marketplace, especially on Shopify, that'll get you to where you need to be. I know like honestly from going from 0 to 1 million dollars you can just you can survive perfectly fine with an off the shelf theme. I couldn't agree more with respect to your thought process about not worrying about the technical stuff uh, when you are simply starting. They should be worrying about the business first and there is just so much to do in the e-commerce businesses. So thank you for that thought. And since you mentioned Shopify, uh, you know, obviously Shopify has a great ecosystem. It's growing. Uh, but do you have any recommendation with respect to any other tools uh, that our listeners can uh, can explore? Yeah, I mean, so here's the deal. We're Shopify experts at the agency, right? And uh, obviously, when all you have is a hammer, everything starts to look like a nail. So we use Shopify a lot. With that being said, there are better tools out there and better solutions out there for different types of businesses. I would sometimes recommend like so if you just have like a content business or a, like a website that's just content stuff like a Squarespace or a WordPress website would be just fine. You don't need Shopify. I mean if you're if you're a restaurant, you need more specific stuff than like a direct to consumer website, i.e. a Shopify site could offer you. If you're more wholesale, Shopify is a terrible solution. If you're B2B, Shopify is a terrible solution. So like there's a whole bunch of other stuff you can look at, but if you're selling a, a cool product direct to consumer, you know, you're shipping someone a box something or you know even these days we get got, are getting a little bit more into digital like shopify is probably a great solution for that if you're just selling a product to an end customer with no other weirdness but kind of once you kind of get out of that core thing that shopify is really good at sometimes begins to be more work than it's worth to make to bend shopify's will into what you want it to be you know trying to fit a square peg in a round hole as some people would say so just kind of really understand like Shopify is great at doing one thing and one thing well. And anytime, like the further and further you get away from that, it's probably not a good idea. A uh, perfect example is the other day, someone wanted to do like a launch a B2B business and they were looking at Shopify. And I just told them, this is a terrible idea. And I introduced them to somebody that knew big commerce very well. And they're off to the races now, kind of exploring that as how to launch their business. So, all of the solutions that exist out there in the ecosystem, they have their fit and their perfects. Uh, it's just I've kind of tied my cart to the Shopify horse because we're, re we're really, really good at it. And it's a lot more profitable to just stick to what you know. Okay, amazing. So since you touched on B2B a bit, uh, and obviously, you know, our listeners are going to be a mix of B2C as well as B2B. So can you touch on the differences of uh, how B2C differs from B2B uh, as far as a tool is concerned like Shopify? Yeah, I mean, just like for the customization of like wholesale orders and bulk ordering, uh, Shopify is just a pain in the in the butt to make that work the right the way that you probably want it to work. So, if you're looking at launching a Shopify website and you don't have like a plan to go direct to consumer right off the rip, you know, it it might not be the best fit for you. Uh, it, it, you got to really you got to use it for what it's good at, and it's it's for going to the end the end customer. So, you know, bulk purchasing or or like really custom like purchase orders, 
or like doing net 30 terms, like more things that are definitely more uh, like uh, a more traditional business to business sales techniques. Like Shopify isn't built to do that. So you have to like work around it to make Shopify do that. If you're if you are trying to launch a B2B website on Shopify, like it's just a lot more work. But if you're looking to expand direct to consumer, that's a new growth goal for you. Then then you're just you're just launching a direct to consumer website on a platform that's perfectly great for it. So you're gonna you know be adding your products appropriately, building a user experience that makes sense and, it, and it's good looking and it and elevates whatever brand that you're bringing to the table. But you know again, the hard part is gonna be like you can build the most beautiful store in the world, but how are you gonna get people to to see it? And are there any specific uh, verticals in P2C that you would definitely not recommend Shopify? Or are there any verticals that you would definitely, definitely recommend Shopify? Oh, man, if you're in fashion or if you're selling like a consumer packaged good or, uh, you know, just like a physical product, you got a low SKU count, Shopify is amazing. On the flip side of that, if you're selling a Vice product, so this would be anything that like you probably can't advertise on Facebook or Google where you have like some really obscure payment provider because uh, Shopify Pay won't accept you because you have a Vice product. Uh, I can get a little more specific on that if you want me to, but I think most listeners will get it. You know, Shopify is probably not the best idea for you. And then if you have actually... Uh, I, I enjoy this question because if you have a super insane SKU count, like really, really high, or you've got uh, a really, really variable products that are super customizable, uh, Shopify may not be the best idea for you. But I mean, if you're selling like some tangible, cool, good, like some real product I can hold in my hand and, you know, people want it and it's super photogenic, you know, Shopify is going to be great for that. Okay. Can you touch a little bit more on the variable product that you mentioned and what are going to be the problems with Shopify? So this is a problem that Shopify has, but, you know, most agency where their salt like knows how to solve for it now. But uh, Shopify has an inherent 99 variant limit on their products. So an easy way to hit that limit would be have like one product in like, if you have it in 10 colors and 10 sizes, you've just hit a hundred variant. So if you think about it like a little bit more obscure, so like say you have one product in three sizes in five colors and five fit, or you know, you can have it be like it, this this comes up a lot in more when you get more into like manufacturing and like buying parts or buying um you know car parts for sure. This comes up all the time because you got so many various uh like like makes and models and years and all that stuff. So dealing with high variant levels on Shopify is sometimes a pain in the butt. Okay, amazing. So some of the fashion verticals, I would say, you know, might not be a great fit just because they might have a lot more styles or, um, or well, I the think, sizes. I think with the styles, it's fine. Like, I mean, some of the biggest fashion stores on the internet are on are on Shopify. Fashion Nova is hands down, you know, one of the biggest powerhouses out there. And they, they're running on Shopify, like right now. So other than uh, the variable uh, metrics skew problem that you mentioned, do you see any other problems in the B2C space uh, with Shopify? You know, it, you can get away with it. There are some wholesale stuff out there. And if like your wholesale system is pretty simple, like Shopify might, you know, it might make sense. But again, it's like you're not using the, a tool that was built for that. I believe, you know, there are probably better tools out there to solve for your use case for going business to business. Again, it, it goes back to it's use the right tool for the job. And if you're going business to business, there are better tools. If you're going business to customers, Shopify, is, it's hard to find one that you know will beat it. Okay, amazing. And since you mentioned that use the right tool for the right job, uh, that's really important in my opinion. So can you talk about some of the, the architecture that you typically see when you work with any specific customer? 
do you see any specific tools that that you commonly implement along with Shopify? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Uh, Shopify has got, you know, like I said, they're like really good at their core product and what they're really good at. Uh, And then anything that's kind of like bolted on on top of that is like anyone that's used to Shopify, like understands like there's this whole app ecosystem out there. So when you're talking about tools and, and stuff that people have installed in their stores, it usually is an app that they have, right? And, you know, we've been doing this forever. And so we've used almost every app under the sun at this point and we understand you know which ones are actually gonna work for people and which ones are kind of trash so i won't mention any of the bad ones but i'll mention some of the good ones that we use all the time so i think one of our favorite tools to implement out there is uh for email automation and email campaigns it's called clavio that's hands down our favorite email automation tool out there uh we, ju- we won't work with any other platform on it, honestly. It, that, that one's our favorite. That one's fantastic. Uh, if you're talking about subscriptions, uh, Recharge is definitely the number one in the game these days. Does some really, really cool stuff for uh, you know doing uh, recurring orders and, and subscriptions. Like I said before, when you're talking about doing operations and stuff, you're trying to figure out you know how you're going to deal with returns and all that stuff. Uh, if you're getting to a sales velocity that's pretty pretty high and you're dealing a lot more with customer service. Gorgeous is an amazing customer service ticketing tool and chatbot that you know ties just perfectly in with Shopify. It was almost tailor-made for Shopify. So that one's one that we are oftentimes like telling clients about. Again, you know, I said Shopify does certain things well, but they don't like really go beyond the, that core functionality. So recently, we're recording this about a week before. It's actually an exact week before American Thanksgiving. So next week's going to be Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and we helped almost all of our clients implement adv- like more advanced gift carding. And you do that through uh, Rise.ai is an amazing tool there. I could I could go on, but those are just the ones that come top to top of mind for me. Okay. Since you mentioned gift card, do you see any specific strategy that work with respect to gift card with the customers that you typically work with? Uh, yeah. I mean, well, one, if you just want to hear a whole like 30-minute episode about it, we just did that on the podcast. Uh, we had the team from Rise AI on the podcast, and they were talking about all the crazy strategies that their customers were having for it. So if this is interesting to you, just like go find that on the Honesty Commerce website. But specifically, the one that really stood out to me is when you have like this advanced functionality on your site, you can give... Instead of giving like a coupon code... You can give them like store credit, like gift card cash, and like people that the perceived value of that is so much higher than oh, like I'm gonna give you fifteen percent off this hundred dollar item versus I'm gonna give you fifteen dollars in store credit. Like one of those sounds way cooler, right? Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, just to retouch on your point about the link for the podcast. So what we are going to do is we are going to be including that link as part of the, this podcast. So if anybody wants to check that out, they can check that link. Yeah, it's a it's definitely a cool time. And then uh, kind of going on, it goes in line with the the gift card thing. Is also just like customer loyalty programs is what we're seeing a lot. Especially a lot of people are going to dump a bunch of money into acquiring new customers right now because of it's it's what you do. Black Friday, Cyber Monday. You're trying to acquire new customers and sell them whatever your cool deal is, your cool products during the holidays. The next thing you got to do is re-engage those customers and try to raise raise the lifetime value of them, right? So your like investment is way more profitable on that acquisition cost. So a lot, oftentimes people are using like kind of loyalty programs, and you can build them out through a bunch of different apps in the ecosystem. But yeah, that's like a great touch point to kind of follow up after the holidays, and you know, give people like double points or like turn those points into gift cards, like I just said. But yeah, that's another kind of great strategy to do. 
Yeah, that's a great point. And in fact, I mean, since you mentioned so many different KPIs there, I wanted to know if you have any insight on your favorite KPI that you definitely recommend tracking. Oh, I mean, I, I'll give you a three with an asterisk because there's a fourth one that like I'm always looking at. But e-commerce is cool and the numbers behind it are super cool. And it comes down to three realistic numbers. And anybody listening to this that has an e-commerce store, you can like do this with your numbers for the last 30 days. And you'll be like, wow, th- he was right. That's crazy. Um, So what you're going to do is you're going go to go into the back end of your store and you're going to look... I-, I always like to do last 30 days. That's a pretty good snapshot. You know, but unless you had like some crazy sales or you went viral or something like that, it might not be a good idea to look at that. I'd look at like your more average month, right? So go and look at like an average month and you're going to want to look at your conversion rate, right? How many people came to the site and actually converted? Conversion rate is only, it only, only compare your conversion rate to yourself. Don't compare it to anyone else in the industry because they're selling something different than you. Their offer is different than yours. Their brand is different than yours. If your friend's conversion rates, you know, 3% and yours is 2%, who cares? Like that doesn't matter. You just need to t- tie your success to your pre- your previous metrics. Like, don't look at anyone else. So you're gonna look at your conversion rate, and then the next thing you're gonna look at is you're gonna want to look at your traffic. So it, that's your your sessions, not your unique visitors. You like want to look at your total sessions for the month, and then you want to look at your average order value for that month, right? So like, what's the average order value of all? The, I don't think I have to explain these KPIs. Smart people listen to this podcast. That'd be so you got ten thousand visitors, a two percent conversion rate, and a seventy five dollar average order value. That comes out to about fifteen thousand dollars a month, right? So that'd be like your gross sales for the month. So what we're going to focus on if like we moved forward with a project or what you should be kind of thinking talking about with your team or your contractors, your your freelancers, your agency partner, whomever, is you should focus on one of those KPIs, right? And the one I always like to start with is the conversion rate because that one is like the biggest lever that you can really pull at the beginning is so you want to like look at your user experience because your user experience is directly responsible for your conversion rate. Uh, you got to make it easy to navigate. You need to make it easy to understand. You want to make sure people aren't falling out of the funnel in goofy places because the goofy stuff's happening with your website. Definitely a lot ha- has a lot to do with speed uh, and kind of like the customer journey and how that flow is mapped out. So let's say you spend uh, some time and energy and money and effort on your user experience, right? It, this is literally talking about your store design and how it's set up. You spend some effort on that and say you take your your you put all that effort in and now you move the needle on your conversion rate from 2% to 3%. Your monthly sales have now jumped to $22,500 without like doing anything, any work on your average order value or on your traffic, right? But that one's like the biggest one to focus on first. You know, once you get that to a place that you're proud of, then the easiest lever to move honestly is traffic. You can do paid acquisition, right? Uh, you can go in, go into Facebook or Google or Pinterest. You know now you got TikTok that you can put, do ads with. So you can definitely pour a bunch of money in there. You want to make sure you're getting qualified traffic. One thing to note though is when you do increase traffic with a bunch of new people, your conversion rate is going to drop da- back down a bit. But it's going to add so many more people into your flywheel for retargeting efforts. Which you know that's why we like to use Clavio because we're having it do the heavy listing on like an awesome drip sequence that shows people the features and benefits and values of the brand over time and educates them on the product. So, you know, maybe they're going to be exposed four months ago to some ad and kind of get in the funnel because they were thinking about purchasing and then they keep getting these emails over time and then they purchase, you know, that's kind of how you're building out this flywheel. But let's say that now you've like, so you're investing a couple thousand, ten, twenty thousand dollars a month into ad and ads and you tripled your tripled your traffic. Now you're tripling your monthly average. So you're going from, 
you know, 22.5 up to 67.5 thousand dollars a month in sales. And, you know, you're only focusing now, like you're, the only focus has been on two KPIs. The other KPI, it's a lot harder to move the needle on. This is one is where you got to get like really tricky and fun with upsells, cross sells, bundles, post purchase upsells, is average order value. That one is where you're, you know, I don't believe that there's a good like off the shelf plugin in the Shopify ecosystem that will allow you to manipulate average order value very well. But if you find a trusted partner and you work with them on a strategy of like increasing the average order value, obviously again, you move that, it's gonna raise it's gonna raise the bar here. But those three are the ones that we like to focus on at the agency. And then uh, of course I said there was a fourth which is lifetime value. So, you know, obviously it's a lot easier to sell to someone that you've already sold to before. So those are like re-engagement campaigns and, and again like loyalty programs like we just talked about, doing cool things with like uh, you know, store credit and, and gift cards. Uh, those are some ways to try to re-engage customers and, and bring them back again. Cause you know, oftentimes people are talking about customer acquisition costs and all that stuff. And Facebook and Google are getting so competitive that it's like really increasing what you have to spend to acquire a new customer on these like paid channels that if you've got a low average order value or like a really cheap product you might be paying like uh, like paying the cost of your product to acquire a new customer so you have to make up your money on the tail end of it and like get more sales from that customer i just went off on a on an extremely long tangent there uh, do you have any questions for me about all that that's actually amazing. I think, you know, the KPIs are really important. And that's one of the things that I really wanted to cover in this topic so that our listeners can get insight into that. So I thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. I believe there is a video where I walk through this on our YouTube channel as well, um, using some some easy math as well. But I mean, it's it, it's it's one of those things where it's just, you know, it's just me writing numbers on a piece of paper, but it really just simplifies e-commerce and it, it, you know it comes down to these three KPIs that's where you need to focus if you want to talk about grow, growing the top line obviously there's ways to grow margin but that's a little bit more kind of on the business operations side of things uh, but you know if you're talking about you want to hit a certain monetary goal you got to focus on three things Okay, amazing. And uh, on that note, I think, you know, we have to include the video link as part of this podcast as well. So if anybody wants to check that out, they can check. And I'm actually personally going to check that as well, because you can always learn about KPIs and you can draw insight even for, uh, you know, other businesses. And hopefully we can learn from it as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Once you get it down, it's pretty simple. Uh, so uh, we talked about this in kind of the pre-show, uh, but, you know, I wanted to kind of, I can give some rough numbers and an example of a client that we did this with. So we started working with her uh, back in 2019, probably in the summer. Uh, and we kind of were working on some smaller projects. And you know, we had some we had some quick wins there. And we were like, all right, look, like here's the deal. Here are your numbers. You know, this is the this is the road. This is how you get to a million dollars. And uh, we we did a lot of work on the user experience of the website. Uh, this was a, a client that you know she had built this website herself using off the shelf themes, uh, making all the choices herself. Which is you know that's all well and good, but if you don't understand how customers like to shop or best practices for e commerce. Um, you know, sometimes if you make a, a wonky decision in your website design or the layout or how things are filtered or, or how things are kind of played in the navigation, uh, it could be detrimental to your conversion rate. So we did a lot of work of uh, kind of polishing what she had already had there. So you know, going and looking at what she had and just making it as as 
much better, you know, how can we make this as awesome as it can be from what we got here? Uh, so we did all that work there and brought the conversion rate up a lot. Uh, instilled a lot of awesome remarketing applications through, you know, again, automated email marketing. We actually dove into SMS as well. Uh, and we did some really good work on uh, Facebook and Instagram to kind of bring people back into the funnel. Um, and we're like, all right, like we've got when people get here, they're usually going to buy. Like now it's time to let pour some gas on this fire. It's going pretty good. So we go to the top of the funnel. You know what I mean? So we started working on strategic ways to bring new people into the business, new eyes on the product. Uh, and yeah, so this year, the goal of this year was to help her hit her first million. We're probably going to be leaning more into 1.5 uh, by the end of the year. That's amazing. I think with COVID, if she can do that, you know, million dollars is what you mentioned within two years. That's an amazing goal. Yeah. Well, the, the goal was for th this year in 2020 uh, was to help her hit that first million dollar a year. Uh, but we already did it. Like we, we passed it a, a month or a month and a half ago, I think. That's phenomenal. And for your services, I guess, I don't know, you know, how much you typically charge, but that's a huge ROI, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just you gotta. It, it just goes back to the numbers. Where it's like, all right, these are the things that we're working on. This is how it's gonna work. Okay, Chase. So uh, let's say if somebody wants to work with you, do you have any specific uh, actionable advice that you can offer with respect to designing the 30, 60, 90 day plan? So let's say if I'm a customer for you and I'm coming to you, what would you recommend with respect to aligning the e-commerce strategy or starting on the e-commerce strategy as of today? Oh yeah, I mean, well, first and foremost is like this: you got to be in it for the long haul. There's no silver bullet. There's nothing that's going to make you an overnight millionaire. You just got to understand it takes hard work. That's the first thing. Is like if you if you come to the table with realistic expectations, you're already ahead of the game with with then other people that I've met <laughs> or uh, you know had conversations with. So the first is always just having realistic expectations, right? You got to understand just like if your goal is like some super cool, awesome you know, number, which numbers like don't matter. You know what I mean? If million dollars, $10 million, whatever, like those, those are just arbitrary numbers. But if you have big goals, you need to understand that it's going to take a big investment of time and energy and a monetary investment to get you there. You know, you're not going to see any insane returns on any of this stuff. Uh, but with that being said, I mean, we're pretty, we're pretty easy to work with. We're a small shop, but you know, we're, we bring in about one or new one or two new clients a month. Uh, it, it, we start small, you know, it's like, all right, let's kind of get under the hood of your business and let's learn what is working, what isn't working, and let's develop that strategic plan together. So that's usually the first engagement. Well, usually that is the first engagement with everybody that we start working with. Um, and then we just kind of pick a, pick a direction, focus on a KPI and let's make it better. Okay, amazing. So I think that's it for today. Do you have any last minute uh, closing thoughts? No, I mean, this was this was super fun. I think we covered a lot of ground here. I just I, I, I want to go back to talking about kind of the, the two areas of, of e-commerce businesses, kind of where they are in their business life cycle. I mean, if you're if you're working on getting your first initial sales, like, you know, I think that zero to ten thousand dollars is the hardest, the hardest part of starting an e-commerce business. When you're in that stage, just focus on organic sales. Completely ignore paid traffic. Like you're gonna light so much money on fire and invest in weird, weird, you know, people that are stealing your money as far as it comes along with like gurus or, or whatnot to like get you like get your paid media off the ground. Nobody can help you find product market fit, which I believe like once you kinda hit that 10K in sales a month, like you're kind of finding that product market fit. You're figuring out what your offer is and what your value is and why people want to buy your product. So when you're going from that zero to $10,000 a month, just focus on organic sales. 
after that, you can start introducing paid. But I would say the hardest thing to do is go from zero to 10K a month. Going from 10 to 100K is a lot easier. And then going from 100 to you know something crazier is like is even easier. So Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for your time, Chase, and, uh, and for your insight as well. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up stuff from our guests, and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to know further about Chase, check his podcast at honestecommerce.co and his agency at electriceye.io. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Michael Begg from AMZ Advisors, who brings a unique perspective on D2C from Amazon as a marketing channel. Also, the interview with Jason Chester from Infinity QS, who touches on D2C from a real-time manufacturing quality monitoring standpoint. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you, and I hope to catch you on the next episode of the WBS Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.